Welcome to Motley Fool Money. I'm Chris Hill, and I'm joined by Motley Fool Senior Analysts Seth Jason, James Early, and Shannon Zimmerman. Guys, welcome. Howdy, Good howdy, to be with you, Chris. A lot to get to this week. Coming up, GM returns from the dead, Amazon shakes things up with the Kindle, and the SEC continues to probe Apple. Whoa. Yes, yes. Hold on to your shorts. Those stories and more, plus we'll share a few stock ideas, but we begin with the news that Google is launching a new operating system based on its Chrome web browser. It's expected to make its debut in the second half of 2010. Shannon, in terms of the operating systems market, is this a game changer? Well, are we talking uh, putt-putt or the Super Bowl? Any sport you want, baby. All right, so this Shoots is, and ladders. Yeah. <laughs> Candyland, Goofy Golf, I'll, I'll give it that. But no, it absolutely is not a, a game changer. They have some orders in place apparently for uh, netbook suppliers, and that's something because Google, uh, for all their endless innovation, remains an ad sales company. And so they're deeply cyclical, uh, smart about it, but still deeply cyclical, and they need a diversified revenue stream. This is not going to give it to them, but I think it's an interesting story nonetheless because they are gaining some traction with their Chrome browser, which I can attest is a fantastic browser, particularly when you compare it to the bloatware of Internet Explorer, because what, what do you want a browser to do? You know, what's the main thing that a browser could do to improve your web experience? It could be faster, and Chrome is measurably faster, particularly compared to IE. I, I, I'm going to disagree a tiny bit. I, I use actually a, a different collection of browsers, and Internet Explorer is big and bloaty, but it does a lot more stuff, and so sometimes I use that, and then sometimes I switch over to a light Firefox or something. So um, I think it's, it's, it's a different tool, and I think Chrome is an interesting tool. I did use it for a while. My this thing to me is most revealing about sort of the business press and the tech pundits out there. Everyone, you know, wants to sort of clap and applaud for Google. And this isn't really that, that, well, first of all, this was leaked a month ago or something. So it's not such new news anyway. But second of all, it's just another Linux operating system. And that's how netbooks began. And a very strange thing happened to netbooks after they became more popular. Suddenly, Windows XP became kind of the dominant OS on them. And that surprised me, but really it was because people sort of wanted some of their familiar applications. So I, I really don't see that Google has a leg up on the other Linux OSs, uh, and I don't know that they have a leg up on the Microsoft OSs in this space. So I think they'll get some they'll get some market share, but I don't think yeah. it's a changer. And I have to agree with you, Seth, even though it's well known that you're on the Microsoft <laughs> payroll <laughs> and consistently <laughs> bearish on anything non-Microsoft. I, I will read one quick headline from uh, Business Insider, the, the Henry Blodgett uh, uh, blog site. Busted Eric Schmidt caught using a BlackBerry as opposed to his Google Android device, which he should be using. So that, that at least tells you something about the faith of Google's well, see, own CEO. Uh, what happened to all that Android? That was the the big buzz, and you know maybe a couple of phones count. Nobody nobody sees it now, right? Yeah, and, and again, I don't think this is going to be a game changer at all either. I do think uh, Chrome is is a great uh, browser if you are using it for sort of basic computing. It is not bloated in the way that IE is, but you're right, it does do more. Firefox does more as well with extensions, yeah. which yeah. Chrome does not support. But you know the watchwords at Google are speed, simplicity, and security. If they do build this operating system with the, the DNA of Chrome in it, they've already hit the first two uh, on the head. The third will depend on how popular it is. The, the more popular the browser becomes, the less secure it becomes, ask Billy Gates. Exit question, just to build off of the business media that you were talking about. It is set up, uh, th this news has been set up by a lot of the business media as Google versus Microsoft, even though there are other companies that, doing yeah, that's way just overblown. the story people yeah. like to tell. I mean, but, Well, so just to go a little bit further, I, will, I think that is way overblown. It's a lot of you know, controlled burn hype, and Google's the master uh, of that, certainly. But <laughs> to the extent that they're, you know, they're, they're pointing to a cloud computing future, that's of interest, and Microsoft is paying attention, and they should pay attention. And for me, you know, with my 1,000 gigabytes of MP3s, I can't wait until I'm storing those things in the clouds and not on some physical storage in my house. 
All right. GM emerged from bankruptcy on Friday. CEO Frederick Fritz Henderson says the new GM will repay about $50 billion in government loans ahead of the 2015 deadline. And he says the new GM will actually make money. GM is also launching a Tell Fritz website so that customers can share their thoughts on what they want in a car. James Early, is there anything that you would like to tell Fritz? Uh, certainly, Chris. <laughs> um, on, on the positives, you know, just to tick them off quickly, fast bankruptcy, they got rid of the, the debt, you know, the external debt, and that was great. Board shakeup, cutting some brands like Hummer, Pontiac, etc. The the only problem is that they're still making GM cars, <laughs> and, and and that's really the crux of it. I mean, they're act they're getting good reviews. The styling though is for 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 middle America. Even middle America doesn't like that. I mean, I think of it as being sort of the the made for rental car market. Um, you know, the positives though that they do have the the Volt coming up. This you know electric hybrid kind of car, Camaro uh, is good. You know, trucks are good. Their cars get good reviews, um, but they are a smaller company and they're betting a lot on on a few products that aside from the Volt, don't even necessarily get great gas mileage. And one of the issues I, I think that people still don't pay enough attention to is the fact that they're going to have some some uh, pressure from the government to, to obviously, who, who are the owners now, right, to create these fuel-efficient cars. And I'm all for that. The problem is that creating hybrids, uh, especially plug-in hybrids like the Volt, uh, it is not a cheap thing to do because there just aren't that many economies of scale for parts and everything. So what I'm reading these days is that the Chevy Volt, which actually runs a generator, so it's a it's a plug-in hybrid that that actually when the engine runs, it doesn't run the the wheels, it runs the motor, the electric motor. That this thing may be thirty to thirty-five thousand uh, dollars to buy, and so and that may be selling it at a loss. Uh, so this thing is a, is pretty interesting technology, but it's definitely not a savior, and folks shouldn't uh, shouldn't push it too hard because it could crimp the new company's uh, profits. Bloomberg reported this week that the SEC still has Apple on its radar. The issue? What did Apple's board of directors know about Steve Jobs' health and when did they know it? On January 5th, Jobs announced he had a hormone imbalance. On January 14th, he announced he was taking a five and a half month medical leave. Jobs went on to have a liver transplant that was first uh, that was first disclosed by the Wall Street Journal. Seth, uh, let's do a quick roll call of some of the folks on Apple's board of directors. We have Google CEO Eric Schmidt, Intuit CEO Bill Campbell, uh, some guy named Al Gore. How, how bad is this SEC situation for Apple's board? It, it, to me, it just confirms something that I, I've thought ever since they whitewashed the uh, options backdating yeah. at Apple, which is that the board there just doesn't do anything except rubber stamp the decisions that Jobs makes. Now, luckily, Jobs has had some really great ideas about what to do with that business, especially what to do with the products. But uh, as we can probably surmise from his ongoing health issues, uh, that he may not be around too long to keep doing that. So the board, the Apple shareholders deserve a board that is actually uh, taking care of the business. And I don't think they are doing that at all. And it, really, it's unconscionable, but but nothing's going to change. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And uh, they had a wonderful opportunity to sort of come up with a succession narrative in Steve Jobs' absence. They didn't do it. That was a squandered opportunity. He was away. The company did some interesting things while he was away, and they lost that opportunity. And so Steve Jobs rules that world. But for how much longer? Who knows? Yeah, it's it's said uh, by by board observers that famous people, politicians, and pro athletes are the worst people to have on your boards. And they don't have a pro athlete, but but they do have. Uh, 
the others. Unless you're the CEO who just wants everything his way. Now, now, <laughs> it, just to play devil's advocate, there are some legal experts out there saying, you know what, the, the, there are privacy issues that trump eh, anything. But no, 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 no. When you are you're when that? you're that important to a company and you're the CEO, uh, medical issues that encompass whether or not you're going to be alive next month are not private. Fair enough. Amazon just reduced the price of the Kindle 2 by 60 bucks. The electronic book reader device that Seth Jason loves more than life itself now <laughs> retails for two hundred ninety nine dollars. <laughs> Seth, I hate it now. What's the deal with that? I I paid a lot more than that for mine. So is this a bad sign for Amazon? No, I think it's a good sign. The, the explanation they gave is that they are making more of them and they're able to cover the costs, and so they want to lower the price. And other pe- other observers are looking for. Uh, they want those weird narratives. So they're, they're saying, oh, maybe Amazon's trying to pre-compete with some Apple device that, of course, doesn't actually exist. So they're lowering the price ahead of time. I don't really. Sometimes the simple story is the right story. And if Amazon is selling enough of these, they could probably afford to sell them a bit cheaper because they're covering more of their fixed costs with more units. And why not pass that savings along to the customers? So, so why the secrecy then? Why not just tell us? Why, why is Amazon so cryptic about their... Th- no, they did say that. They said... They, they said, said that's our, what they said? They said our manufacturing... Okay. Manufacturing costs aren't that high, and we just want to pass the savings along. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with, with Seth on that. It reminds me of uh, a comment from Flannery O'Connor, and some graduate student was giving her some Freudian interpretation of a short story, and she said, you know, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. I thought Freud said that. I thought Freud, Freud said, said that. that. Oh, it's, I, it's, uh, Flannery I can do O'Connor. some fat checking here. Flannery O'Connor is just that's, blatantly that's, that's, stealing from Freud? Per, perhaps. This is, this is how I heard it. Wow. Yeah. All right, guys, before we talk stocks, let's wrap up with other news that caught your attention this week. James, let me start with you. Sure. Um, what caught my eye is, is Buffett's claim that the uh, stimulus package we've had so far is equivalent to half of Viagra <laughs> and that we need more Viagra. I mean, I guess he's, <laughs> I don't know if he's working with the familiar or not. I won't go there. Um, <laughs> You know, he, he does not see green shoots, you know, some other uprising, perhaps. But, oh, um, <laughs> oh, see, you went there. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. You went there. No, do we have to bleep okay, that? Okay, no, okay, no, okay. No. Look, bottom line is that the, 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 P-pip, the P-PIP is a joke. And yes, I did say P. Um, the P-PIP <laughs> is, a, is a joke. You know, I, I think the, the, the goal was to get these toxic securities up and moving. Um, why? I don't. I don't know. Um, you know, even banks are questioning whether they want to do it. Do they want to give up the upside from these things? Do they? Do they want to acknowledge that they, they need to sell them in the first place and and and, and mark to market a very low price? sort of like taking the towel off after the cold shower. I mean, I don't know that they're going to want to do this. Um, so that's my headline. Uh, I don't know where we stand. I think we have mixed precipitation, as I've, I've said in this podcast before. Let's just wait and see. Wait, but we keep waiting, and, and we're not seeing anything. So these toxic assets remain toxic. It seemed like a big problem. It hasn't gone away, but what what is happening? But, but, but bubbles arise, and, and, and recessions happen because imbalances are created in the economy. So we had a pretty big imbalance, and so at least in my view, it's going to take a while for that imbalance to correct. So I, I think we just have to kind of sit and and expect it to be choppy for, for perhaps years. All right, Shannon, what caught your attention this week for other news? Uh, for me, the headline was uh, Levi Johnston, who is apparently about to become a member of the Illiterati. I'm, I'm sorry, the Literati, by writing a book that's going <laughs> to expose the, the Palins. This is Sarah Palin's one-time future son-in-law. Uh, let me do that math. Yes, I exactly so. right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. And so he, the, the big salacious headline was that he knows why Sarah Palin has resigned. And so you, you kind of read into that more than you probably should. And then you click the link, and oh, and it turns out it was about money. She wanted to be able to take advantage of uh, uh, lucrative offers that were floating her way. Which that, is what we heard like 
last week anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, and then tech press. Levi's up on the yeah. news. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's interesting to me that he's going to come out and, and, and write a book. And we were talking before the podcast about what we would do if, if he were a stock. And he is a distressed stock. He may have a, a, a pop because apparently in addition to the uh, the book, he's uh, working on his acting skills. So maybe a reality TV show oh, yeah. is in the works. Oh, and, yeah. But at that point, dump his shares. Okay. Seth? I... I don't have any Viagra jokes to make. I'll I'll stick with Abercrombie and Fitch. I saw this. Uh, oh, there's plenty of humor to be had there. <laughs> yeah, this retail report. Oh, it was really ugly for June. A lot of companies, even companies who sell cheap stuff to people without a lot of money, like me, like Costco, didn't do very well. But Abercrombie and Fitch's same store sales were down. Where am I here on this page? In the thirty percent range. I mean, it was just awful. And a stock that I called out not long ago uh, on the podcast, Aeropostal, which is, from my geezer eyes, sells pretty much the same clothes except a cheaper version, had an impressive same-store sales gain. And so I think what we continue to see is people pinching pinching pennies, you know, and spending their money at the cheapest place possible. And so uh, I was a little worried about this. I picked Abercrombie a while ago uh, as a stock to watch a, a few years ago, and I'm pretty worried right now that they are not only suffering a bad economy, but that they just don't have it. All right. As we head into the next week with Bastille Day coming up, any revolutionary stock ideas? <laughs> uh, I, yes, I think you know now is a fantastic time to again take a look at fixed income. We have been sounding this theme off and on on the podcast for a while. The kind of you know the Dow melting down, the economy is going to heck in a handbasket. That attitude that existed last fall that isn't with us so much anymore. And so the yield spreads, uh, which is the premium that you get for uh, taking greater risk, if, in this case for high yield bonds, uh, is not quite as ne- uh, wide as it was back then. But it's still a fantastic opportunity for people that are thinking seriously about asset allocation and moving a part of their portfolio out of equities and into fixed income. Uh, take a look at uh, high yield muni bond ETFs and high yield corporate ETFs. Two terrific opportunities, but that window will likely close as the economy heats up. Okay. James? Yeah. Chris, if you ask yourself, what is the sound of one investor clapping? Um, perhaps a General Motors shareholder knows the answer. Um, <laughs> For those who don't know, GM is a totally different company owned by the government, the Canadian government bondholders, nothing to do with the current GM stock, which for some reason is up 40% today from 84 <laughs> cents to a dollar something. <laughs> it's now called Motor Liquidation Company, Motors Liquidation Company. Despite this warning on the website, management continue, continues to remind investors of its strong belief that there will be no value for the common stockholders <laughs> in the bankruptcy liquidation process, even under the most optimistic of scenarios. So who are these people? I mean, <laughs> can, I, can I answer that? I think I, they I might moved be the market idiots. with a $5 investment, so that's what happened. That's my stock. That's it's on my radar. I'm, I'm not endorsing it. <laughs> all right, Seth. I got to go back where I just was and say, uh, if you're interested at all in a, in a retailer and apparel company that seems to be getting the job done, you might have to look at Aeropostal again, because uh, I've looked at them over the years. They've, they've made pretty good cash flow, and they're the only one in their space that uh, is not only that's getting the job done. They're not only not having big same-store sales declines, they're actually getting same-store sales gains, which is pretty incredible. It was 12% this month. So I think that is a place to look. Okay. Seth Jason, James Early, Shannon Zimmerman. Guys, thanks for being here. Good to be with you, Chris. <laughs> thanks for listening to this edition of Motley Fool Money. You can check out past episodes at motleyfoolmoney.com. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. Don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Do your homework and make your own decisions. And remember, the conversation continues 24-7 at fool.com. I'm Chris Hill. We'll see you next time.